0: the page, a podcast for writers, the tarot curious, and for all of us making stories to make sense of things, hosted by me, Claire Campbell, your fellow seeker and storyteller. As always, I hope that this podcast will offer you some guidance in your creative life, but let's not limit it to that. If you hear something inspiring about the personas or archetypes represented in these cards, And that helps you in any other way, gives you some kind of anchor for your day or your week. I love that for you. I hope that for you. Quick note right up top, the Wild Moon Retreat is returning. This is a gorgeous, nourishing, inspiring retreat I have the privilege of hosting with my collaborator, Cecily Saylor, founder of Typewriter Tarot. We had our first in-person retreat at the beautiful yoga barn space of Ruby Retreats in Wimberley, Texas, and we're having another January fifteenth. You can find out more information by following me at Bluestone Writers and Cecily at Typewriter Tarot. And now for the episode. So lately, I've been pondering the concept of envy and bringing that subject up to trusted friends at different times, and I thought it would make a great question for the cards. So my question is, what is here to help us with envy, especially in the creative life? And this is such a tricky question for the creative life because it's pretty pervasive, I think, and really icky. And when I admit to my own envy, I feel gauche talking about it um, because I've been taught to be grateful and maybe not to be too too ambitious, does that sound familiar to anyone? So talking about this now even feels wrong and weird, which makes me think maybe it's all the more important. um I hope you can relate so when i when I posed this question to the cards, I pulled a repeat card for the podcast, and this was the card that I pulled with author Carolyn Cohagan in episode eighteen. So I decided a long time ago that my policy would be if I if I pulled a repeating card that still felt fresh in my mind um, outside of a particular listener request, which always sharpens the question, right? And gives it new focus. I decided I would pull a second card to support that and basically ask, okay, why now? Tell me more. So what transpired was what at the time felt like a weird combo of cards in response to this question but now feels like the most beautiful duo to help in this thorny, icky, uncomfortable question of Indie. So let's get into it. Welcome. Welcome, writers. Welcome, artists. And welcome, King of Swords and the world. So first, I just want to talk about why I used the words gauche and icky to describe this feeling of jealousy. Not to intellectualize things too, too much, especially since my therapist is always trying to get me to talk about my feelings and not intellectualize things. But I do think it is important to pay attention to um, a particularly gendered aspect of this. Uh, If if you were identified as a woman or self-identified as a woman growing up, you might've been schooled to be grateful, to be nice, to not want too much. And of course, You may have been schooled to be all these things outside of gender identity for any number of reasons. But the point is, I think there is something to be said for the ways in which we we don't feel deserving of our dreams. Right. And sometimes I wonder if that is more important than achieving the dreams themselves, because here's the truth. Everybody has dreams and most people don't get them. It's often a question of privilege. privilege. Um, Sometimes it's a question of luck. You can work exceptionally hard and be nice for years and years and not get the things that you want creatively. I say this because I don't want to suggest for one moment in this episode that seeing someone have something you want in the creative life means you're not ready for it or you haven't gotten in the right headspace to manifest it. Because I think I think that's capitalist forces disguised as feminist spirituality. I said it. That's what I think it is. I do. I do not hold to this idea that you haven't achieved some kind of milestone because um, you're not ready for it spiritually. It just bothers me. It just bothers me. Because, like I said, so much of it is, it is timing, privilege, luck. Okay, that's done. <laughs> Speaking of the cards. What is lovely about this duo of cards is I think that it is less a message to start striving in new ways, to start working harder in new ways, get back to work. And I think it's more of a message to be really clear and comfortable with what you desire and super clear and comfortable with the idea that how that is manifested is not going to look the same as the person sitting next to you, the one you're envying. Yep. So for this powerful duo, I'm going to look at the Aquarian deck because the world is my favorite card in that deck. So take a moment to look up those images in the Aquarian deck or pull King of Swords and the world from your own deck. Um, Just have those images handy. First, let's take a look at King of Swords. I, I do also like this card in the Aquarian deck. Um, the court cards in the Aquarian deck um, for the sword suit have this really great color palette. Um, I love it. It's it's kind of like the sunset washing over the sky behind this figure. And the armor is, is done in maroons and pinks. And the kings, <laughs> the kings don't always look particularly at ease to me. Sometimes I get the sense that they wish they could lead more private lives, like they could retreat. But this king, this king looks more at ease, as if they stopped to marvel the light on the horizon. There's a hint of ongoing transformation or openness to transformation in this card. And in the Smith Rider weight, we see butterflies on the king's throne. And this felt really powerful to me at the time that I was... Um, Pulling this card because I had just recently seen a flock of monarchs uh, migrating south over, over my neighborhood in Austin. There's a kind of death energy happening there. There's the closing of a cycle and an opening of a new one. And the idea that just because this archetype has achieved a kind of intellectual authority in the King of Swords doesn't mean that they've learned all there is to learn or seen all there is to see. And I think that's really lovely. Um, Most importantly, throughout this ongoing evolution in this King of Swords energy, King of Swords speaks their truth. King of Swords does not apologize for speaking the truth and for stating what is needed and, and necessary. And this brings me to something that I think is really profound and beautiful that I received from a friend on the question of envy. So... I posed this quandary to my writer's group when I was wrestling with envy. Envy for something someone had gotten creatively that I wanted. My question to the group was, why does why does envy feel so gross? Like, why do I even feel gross admitting to this? Why am I wrestling with this? I feel bad. This makes me feel bad. I both feel ashamed that I'm envious, and I also feel the envy sort of weighing me down. Like, it won't me leave me alone like a ghost hovering on my shoulders, only it's like a solid ghost and... It feels bad. I'm, I'm really lucky to belong to a writer's group with just crazy, talented, smart, honest people. And so I'm going to quote one of them, um, really savvy and brave writer in my writer's group named Kat. To these ponderings on envy that I posted to the group, um, here's what Kat had to say. Sometimes we respond best to the hard push rather than the soft suggestion. Maybe that's what you need. Tough love from the universe. Now, let's just be clear. I do not believe that what Kat is saying is, hey, stiff upper lip, <laughs> tough it out. No, 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 no. I think what she's offering is similar to the advice King of Swords would offer, which is, okay, you've seen something that you want, take a beat. You've seen it etched in the air. You've seen it taking shape in someone else's life, and, and you want some version of this for yourself, or you recognize some element of a shared desire. How have you tended to this dream? Have you forgotten it? Have you abandoned it because somebody else said that you didn't deserve it? Does the truth of this dream require your attention? Does it require your acceptance? Speaking of acceptance, let's take a look at the world. So in the Aquarian deck, we see the world dressed in this purple, black, gray frock with this really like sort of like these opulent finishes with like bits of red and black. Um, These just like little touches that seem really rich and confident and bold. And a hat or hair wrap um, with like a jewel at the forehead. Um, This figure to me in the world just feels um, really confident and at ease with who they are. And I think this is fitting because in um, 78 Degrees of Wisdom, Rachel Pollock remarks on how the figure in the world is often seen as this acceptance of seemingly disparate halves or binaries. She even uses the word hermaphrodite to describe the world It's as if by the time that we get to the world in the major arcana, we are fully realized. So, if we're working toward the world, if we're considering that energy, we're working toward reconciling ourselves to the parts of ourselves that we've had to set aside. It it is the end of a cycle. I mean, the world says, be done, like shed that layer, release. So, it is, again... A sort of death or akin to the death card, because for me, it sing- it signals this kind of completion. But here's the thing, completion also means transformation. So I feel like if we're if we're moving toward that energy, we're trying as we go to gather and embrace parts of ourselves we've shelved, so to speak. And that includes dreams, desires, things we want. So I think the world would say to us, if we asked for advice on envy, I think the world would say, your completion will not look like someone else's completion. You may not know exactly what it will look like, and that is partly what makes this spiral of life way more exciting. (laughs) If, If you knew you were going to get that exact same creative milestone, that accolade, that gig relationship, what what would be the point in trying for it? And this is where I start to sound like I'm saying, hey, stiff upper lip, tough it out, because I am talking about how process is more important than product. But I'm saying that because process is like 99% of what we have, and product is like this little fraction There is only a sliver of the pie that is recognition, that is accolades, that is milestones. Process is what we got. It's really what we have. So back to how these cards work together as a duo. I feel like what we have here is two halves of this beautiful whole. We have King of Swords telling us to own and accept our truth and to declare it while being open to change and to releasing the ego, despite knowing what we've worked so hard for and rightly deserve. And that's hard. That's really hard. Yes. But King of Swords, while being at this kind of apex of intellectual confidence, is also aware that there is still learning to be done, that there is still transformation to be done, right? And then we have the world come in and say, hey, listen, that thing you want is not going to look like their thing. Because you are your own unique, precious dancing figure in a gorgeous gray frock that nobody else could pull off. Listen, you have to be open to your thing being something you could not even fathom. Because here's the thing if we're only looking to acquire, we'll always be unhappy. Even when we eventually get the thing that we saw. In someone else's hands like if we got that thing it's it's not going to feel the same it, it's going to look kind of like rusted or cold or used if that's all we've been working toward if that's all that's been in our mind moving toward the world and using king of swords energy along that journey means being truthful about what makes you happy to put it most simply and let's be real here. No one is happy just simply acquiring. And I'm talking about wants here, y'all. I'm, I'm not talking about needs. I'm talking about the awards, the, the creative, you know, milestones, the things. Again, this is the lie of capitalism. I do want to note here that if we're in a position of creative privilege... Well, here's another angle to King of Swords energy. We can be considering how we can use our writing and our art for good. And that is also a great way to deal with envy. That can mean a lot of things. It can mean volunteering. It can mean helping somebody write a grant. It can mean sharing money. It can mean connecting someone who's less connected. And I'm, I'm saying this more for the individual, it's important for the collective, but I'm, I'm talking about the individual here. If you are using your writing and your art for good, you are better able to work on your own issues of envy, which keep going no matter how successful you look on paper, because no matter how far along you get with those milestones that others are craving, you're going to want more because that's how envy works, right? It's such a, like a mean motherfucker. Um, I have wandered a bit here. <laughs> I feel like I've wandered a bit here from the original question, but it's sort of all woven in for me. I want to say one more thing about the world. In many interpretations, less so the Aquarian deck, but in many illustrations, we see a figure that is dancing, almost floating. There's a lightness to their being. And that doesn't come from owning things. And that includes accolades. That comes from being free. And the freedom to pursue dreams and pursue that process is part of that. It shouldn't be a luxury, even though so often it is. The point is, I think there are two crucial questions that come from this partnership of this beautiful duo of cards. One, how can you own the dream you want? And two, how can you share the dream you have? Okay, thank you for listening. I want to take inspiration from King of Swords in the World for 25 minutes of guided writing. I will hope you I hope you will stick around for that. If not, if you're like for example, if you're driving or walking and you're like I'm not going to write, then I invite you to just listen and sort of reflect on the questions. And by the way, I mentioned Cecily Saylor, my collaborator for Wild Moon earlier. If you follow Cecily at typewriter tarot on Instagram, her recent post on the world has an excellent set of questions for reflection using the energy of that card, and it's really beautiful. So I invite you to go to the I think December 16th post, might be the 15th. Just look for the world. Just go to Typewriter Tarot on Instagram. Check out the beautiful feed and look for the world. And if you would like some some added questions for reflection, it's a really beautiful post. So for the writing or the reflection, I want you to clear yourself a space, physically or mentally. And to do that, let's take, a, let's take a deep breath together. So deep breath in and exhale. Here's the thing. You are welcome to write from your own point of view here, or you can use this as a time to write from a character's point of view. It's whatever you need right now. I will prompt you to pause at each prompt and write, and you can pause the recording, or, you, or if you're walking about, you can just keep on listening. First prompt. What is something you or a character knows to be true, but you've been discouraged from claiming it? Maybe by the world, maybe even by yourself, or maybe by someone you or your character trusts or, or even distrusts. What is something you know to be true or your character knows to be true, but you've been discouraged from claiming it? You're going to write for six minutes here, so pause and write for six minutes starting now. Are you ready? Okay, moving on to prompt number two. I want you to describe what this truth looks and feels like. What are its colors? Like, what's its scent profile? Is it like a musky truth? Is it a sweet truth? Is it rough? Is it soft? Describe its textures. Describe it from every sensory point of view and really allow yourself time to just go wild with that. What does this truth look and feel like? Write for eight minutes. Pause now and take eight minutes. All right. Third prompt a bit quicker this time. Do you see someone else living this truth and it makes it harder to claim, at least in the moment? Or does your character witness someone embodying this truth and it makes it difficult for them? I want you to just take five minutes here. This one's a bit thornier, so be open to this one, maybe feeling a little jagged as you put pen to paper. But give it a go just for five minutes. Pause now. Final prompt, I want you to consider what can you do to acknowledge this this truth or this desire right here and now? How can you mark it as true? What I want you to do is create a ritual for either yourself or your character in which you or they celebrate the reclaiming of this truth. So consider, like, what are the objects involved? What practices are involved? Does it involve the lighting of a candle or the arranging of inspiring or sacred objects? And where? Where are you going to put them? (laughs) How are you going to see them? How are you going to enjoy them? Does it involve a journaling session to just, like, dream it all out on the page and state your wants really boldly and loudly? Speaking of loud, maybe it's a declaration to trusted friends. What? Is it going to take for you to acknowledge this truth in some kind of tangible way? You're going to write for six minutes here, outlining this plan to acknowledge the truth. So pause here and write for six minutes. All right. Take another breath to close out that writing or reflection or both. So deep breath in. Exhale on your own time. And thank you for being here. Thank you for taking this time to write and create. If you enjoyed it, please, please share with your friends. I invite you to swap with a friend who's got a podcast that they listen to um, that helps them out creatively, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, and just get that gift in return or that designated writing time for some extra accountability and guidance that would make a really great swap. Yeah. And follow for episode updates at Fool in the Page. And then for writing, programming, mentoring, terror reads, follow at Bluestone Writers. Again, check out the Wild Moon retreat. We can't wait for January 15th. Hope to see you there. Until next time, take care. And I look forward to writing with you again soon. Bye.